0: Well, good afternoon, church family. Here we find ourselves on Wednesday, June the 9th of 2021, uh, where we find ourselves uh, in the, the month of June. Uh, also, we find ourselves in the very last section of Psalm 119. Uh, and so uh, before we begin by reading our text and getting into uh, looking at God's word as it defines my existence, uh, let's go ahead and, and pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for, uh, this day, and Lord, we thank you for your word, uh, once again. Uh, we thank you for all the lessons that we've learned, uh, throughout, uh, this last year. As so we've, we've delved deeper into Psalm 119, and Lord, we ask as we, uh, begin finishing out this last section of Tao, Lord, we ask that you would, uh, just guide our minds, that you would teach us, uh, once again, just how important your word is to us each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin by reading uh, verses 169 through 176. It says, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Well, this afternoon, we're going to be taking a look at uh, the first four verses of this last section uh, as we see that God's word defines my or your existence. Uh, and the, the psalmist begins here by uh, uh, opening up this final section of uh, the 22nd section of the last eight verses of Psalm 119, uh, where we see his uh, petitioning God in prayer. And you'll notice his petition to God is uh, there in verses 169 and 170. He says, let my cry come before you and let my plea come before you. So the psalmist here is, is not crying out of some type of temper tantrum. Uh, he is not uh, pleading uh, for God to do something that God is not capable of doing uh, or doing something that would uh, just benefit the psalmist in some material way. What we find is that the psalmist is humbling himself before God, that he is seeing the importance of coming to God broken uh, and ready to receive what God and only God can give him. And you'll notice that his petitions have a desired outcome, uh, and they're not selfish desires. Uh, these are desires that are uh, part of God's will for the psalmist. You'll notice there uh, in verse 169, as he says, he says, "Oh Lord, give me understanding according to your word. Uh, so the psalmist once again is asking for understanding. Uh, and we know that each and every day as we we live life, as we find ourselves facing the circumstances of Uh, each given day, uh, whether they are uh, work-related, family-related, whether they are uh, church-related, that we want understanding. We want to know the whys of things. And so uh, the psalmist here is, is crying out to God, saying, Help me understand, but do so according to your word. So he doesn't want to see this in light of his own existence. He doesn't want to see this in light of the culture around him. He wants to see and wants to understand in light of God's word. And he also there in verse 170 uh, says, God, uh, deliver me according to your word. And so these desired outcomes is, is that God would give him understanding, but that God would also deliver him. That God's word would be living and active, that it would accomplish what it is sent out to do. And as you take a look at these petitions, as he's, he's calling out and crying out and pleading before God, humbling himself before his creator, that it is uh, the, these two outcomes of understanding and deliverance come from a common source, and that common source is God and his word. And this is something that should be part of every believer's lives uh, each and every day. We as Ellington Baptist Church, uh, as we are uh, seeking out God that uh, as we read his word uh, which is eternal which is truth that our our hearts would burn inside of us uh, as we hear those words come uh, and have their good input their good effect in our lives uh, and the psalmist is is uh, sharing this same thing with us today and prayer should be a, a vital part of our everyday walk with god Uh, We should not just come to God as if he is a a celestial genie that we come to when we need something, that we get our three wishes from him. And one of the things I can remember all the way back to uh, when I was in uh, late high school, early uh, college years, uh, was reading John Bunyan's works. Uh, and one of the things that stuck out to me uh, was that uh, John Bunyan was not at a lack for being able to uh, weave together words to give meaning and definition to things. And his definition on prayer uh, is one of those that I want to share with you today. Because he has as a definition of prayer, Prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate, pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit. For such things as God has promised, or according to his word, for the good of the church, with submission of faith to the will of God. So, John Bunyan pulls all different aspects of what prayer should be, uh, and uh, things that I believe we can learn from uh, as we reflect on even the psalmist's uh, brokenness before God, as he's crying and pleading before God. Um, This is something that's sincere, it's something sensible. Uh, You know, it's something affectionate. Uh, He's pouring out his heart or soul to God uh, because he knows that only God and only God's word can speak truth into his life. Uh, Whether that is in relation to the promises that God has given, whether that is according to God's word itself, whether that is for the the good of the assembly or whether that is uh, him submitting in faith to the will of God. So that definition that John Bunyan uh, uh, wrote many years later uh, speaks true uh, to what the psalmist said in 169 and 170. So it's this whole aspect of us drawing near to God. You remember back in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded so, you know, when we think about that verse in James 4, 8, how do we draw near to the one and only God of all? You know, the psalmist, you know, he cried before God, he humbled himself, he made a plea before God, and for God's word to give him understanding and deliverance. Well, here in, in James chapter 4, verse 8, the way that we can draw near to God is to cleanse our hands, which is a symbolic uh, look at our outward actions, Uh, He also says there to purify our hearts, which is symbolic for our inward attitudes. Uh, And so the way that we draw near to God is by surrendering the actions that we would much rather do in response or in reaction to things and have God's word give us the ability to see how we should respond. To confess our sins and humbly come before him in in his presence confessing any inward attitudes that we may have uh, that can cause us not to be able to come to God and to get that understanding and that deliverance. It reminded me of the chorus, Draw Me Close. The words go like this, Draw me close to you, never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire, no one else will do, because nothing else can take your place. To feel the warmth of your embrace, Help me find the way, uh, way. Bring me back to you. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me to know you are near. And so the psalmist here in verses 169 and 170, as he is seeing that God's word is actually what defines his existence, that, you know, every aspect of who he is, as he humbles himself in petitioning God for his understanding and his deliverance, he sees the importance of drawing near to God, that um, that God is all that the psalmist ever needs. And then verses 171 and 172, uh, we see uh, a little bit of a transition because the psalmist, uh, you know, as he's praying, breaks forth into praise. Um, as a matter of fact, it, it, here it says it actually means to pour forth. Um, he says, my, my lips will pour forth praise. My tongue will sing of your word. And this is a consistent theme throughout Scripture as we see God giving uh, those who belong to him a new song. Um, Psalm verse 40, uh, or chapter 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. May we see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. See, it's God who is the one who puts the song in our heart. Just like the psalmist. This is not a, a song that, you know, he manufactured. Uh, This is not a song of his own effort. This is not a song that comes out of his, you know, uh, wealth of wisdom. Uh, This is not a song that is based in, uh, you know, boasting about his personal greatness. Uh, This new song stems from God's grace in the psalmist's life and who God is. See, this song comes from the new nature that God has given the psalmist because there is a relationship there. Uh, There is a a way in which God is continuing to to be there for the psalmist, but also helping the psalmist to grow, to exercise more faith, uh, to step out even amongst persecution and ridicule, uh, as we've seen, uh, even up to those who are princes who are in charge persecuting him for his uh, standing on God's truth and God's uh, law. In Psalm, uh, you know, th- this new nature actually can be seen as you look back in Psalm 40, the first two verses, the context there, um, you know, it-, it talked about God putting a new song in his mouth. What it says in verses one and two, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined t- to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. So here it is, God reaching down into uh, the psalmist's life in Psalm 40, and and brought him out. Uh, and you'll know that, that, that notice the relationship because he was waiting patiently for the Lord. That he he was inclining, uh, you know, uh, that God was inclining to hear that uh, cry that was coming from the mouth of the the psalmist. Um, but you'll notice that God drew him up out of the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and then he not only drew him up out of that, but he set him in a place where his feet was upon the rock, where his steps were secure. So this is the context for God putting a new song in the psalmist's mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in God. See, the psalmist's praise is based in what he knows to be true about God and his word, and the fact that God is the one who teaches him the truth. Because you'll notice there at the end of each of those two verses, some uh, uh, one seventy-one and one seventy-two verses there, it says, "For you teach me your statutes; for all your commandments are right." And the fact that he's making that claim that they're right is that they're truth. That God is not going to mislead; that God is not going to uh, misdirect, uh, but instead that, that God is going to lead the psalmist where he needs to go. So much so that he will take him out of the, the places that he has fallen and will set his feet upon the rock and fill his heart and his soul with a new song. And as I thought about this, I, I you know, in looking at this through a New Testament lens, you know, uh, as believers in Jesus Christ in 2021, that Jesus is our song. And it reminded me of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, and I close with this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were not, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It is true that God's word is what defines our existence. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. And Father, Lord, we thank you for the psalmist and as he is closing out uh, this uh, uh, longest chapter uh, in your revealed word to us, uh, that what we have seen is uh, a humbleness as he has come into your presence, as he's cried and he's made a plea before you, for you to give him understanding and to deliver him. Uh, And as we've seen uh, in Psalm 40, that same thing where Uh, The psalmist is coming forth and and waiting patiently for you to do that very thing, to deliver him, to pull him up out of the miry clay, to pull him up out of the pit of destruction and set his feet upon the rock. And so, Lord, I I thank you for the song that you have given each and every believer uh, that is listening to this today, that that song would ring true in their ears and their hearts and their minds today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, have a great Wednesday. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday as we join together and, and share in our communion meal uh, and look forward to being taught from the word of God uh, by Pastor Caden. So God bless you, church family. Have a great Wednesday afternoon.